What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. And welcome again to a new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. I'm Jeremy. And my name is Pam. And today we're going to cover a lot of topics today. Yes. Our main topic for the day is we're going to go back nine years ago to the summer of 2012 and we are going to explore all things of the tv show called duets yes this was the first time that kelly was behind the judging so to speak slash mentoring desk for a reality show long before she was on the voice Uh, However, this one was a little more short-lived. A little bit more short-lived and a completely different premise. So we're going to get way into that. We're going to go into some of their favorite performances and just how the show itself run. We're going to do a little play-by-play and just a deep cut as much as we can because, again, it was only one season. So as much info Mm -hmm. as we have, we're going to share it with you all. And, uh, yeah, take a nice trip down memory lane. I'm excited. Yeah, and we're going to have a very special announcement about what we're going to be talking about and who we are going to be talking with in next week's episode. Uh, So that is still to come. Uh, But before we get going on duets, Pam, like you said, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, We've got a new Christmas single coming, officially announced. Uh, We've got some tea spilled on Amazon Prime and the (laughs) the third season of of the Kelly Clarkson show has officially kicked off. And so we want to talk a little bit about that. Woo. Okay. There it is. There it is. <laughs> You're welcome right. for doing that and not an air horn. There you go. Yes. Uh, we, we got positive responses about the air horn, but uh, nonetheless, we're, we're, that was a one-time deal. We're not going to make that part of the show. Uh, well, first and foremost, Christmas isn't canceled. Just you. Probably one of the most uniquely titled <laughs> Christmas songs I think I've heard in a while. I'm obsessed with it. Man, that's so petty. I love being petty <laughs> when it's necessary. Man, that's I love it. And I really hope it's really upbeat and like a like an anthem, not like a slow song cuz I want I want her to be like, "Yeah, F you, you know. You're yeah. canceled." Yeah, now when the uh, podcast comes out, we are going to be just 2 days away from the release of the single so we're even closer and we might have even more information than what we have right now as simply uh, about a week or so out from the podcast or excuse me from the release of the single uh we did get on let's see it was thursday of last week again this is if you're listening in real time on the podcast on tuesday thursday of last week we got some lyrics to the song and she uh kelly posted those to her instagram and they said lost at first thinking that i might be cursed winter wonderlands weren't made for one damn thoughts thoughts on those early um kind of feel bad for her but yeah. i think it's gonna be i think the song might be a little again we're re- recording this we don't have much context. So by the time this comes out, like we might have more info, as Jeremy said. But like so far, mm-hmm. I'm feeling I know what I need to pull it up again. I'm a visual learner. So let me uh, yeah. let me pull this up right now. But I I am thinking this is going to be a very different tone from Wrapped in Red, that whole album. Very yeah, different or any tone. of the any of the other standalone Christmas singles that we got last year. Yeah. This is not the most inspiring lyric. Um, you know, I think it's going to be more on par with like Just For Now, which um, is a actual cover of an Imogene Heap song. Um, mm-hmm. It's a kind of a that's the one depressing Christmas song that's on Wrapped in Red. And I'm, I'm thinking this might be more on par with that. But, uh, you know, I'm on board. If I want to do a way too fast, rapid reaction, I mean, Based solely off of these early lyrics we got, it's almost like My December Had a Baby with Wrapped in Red, and this is what this song is. Whoa, I love that comparison. (laughs) That's great. I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, but I'm excited to hear the new Christmas song. You know, I'm just excited to hear new music. She seems to be very excited about it. She looks smoking on the cover art that was put out. Oh, my gosh. That outfit literally, like... 
chef's kiss. She looks so good. <laughs> I saw someone yeah. online, someone like comparing that outfit and that look to kind of like the Because of You with Reba music video, like that mm-hmm. old school kind of look. And I just think this whole, like the whole album, the whole like single cover and everything, the title, the look, it's pretty much like it's a boy bashing song, but we're going to make it festive. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm getting at. So I'm really excited for this. And just, you know, I will say, I, I think I actually tweeted something without Jeremy's consent the other day. Uh-oh. And it was, <laughs> it was like, well, now, now that the Christmas news is out, that means we can release our Jason Halbert video. Because, That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because that was partially the reason why we had to kind of hold things back because there was some, there is a very clear nod in our show to Christmas music. And that was one of the things that we were asked to not broadcast before the news was released. Um, To preface, preface, we we genuinely had no idea what was coming. We just mm -hmm. knew that, like, we didn't know if it was just going to be a song, if it was going to be an album, or who knows what, a TV special. We just knew, like, Christmas was involved somehow and to wait until mid-September. That's really the only directions we were given. (laughs) So we waited. You know, we started to hear rumblings when people were going to the first few tapings of the talk show and, you know, she sort of started openly talking about a Christmas project. I don't know if, you know, in the game of telephone that happens when, you know, somebody tells somebody who tells somebody who tweets it, who then relays that tweet to another person. Um, I don't know if she specifically said Christmas record or Christmas song or, you know, how she phrased it, because I think a lot of people went to the assumption that she was going to release a new Christmas album proper. And I mean... It doesn't seem like the case because you don't generally release a single without also mentioning it's the first single from her new holiday album, blah, blah, blah. Yep. There is no mention at this point, again, as we're recording this and a couple of days ahead of the release of the the holiday single, there is no word on whether a full-blown second Christmas album from Kelly is coming. So who knows what, you know, the next few weeks or the next few months are going to hold. It could just be that this is sort of Kelly's aesthetic now is during the holidays or the, in the months leading up to the holidays, she randomly drops, you know, one or two new Christmas songs. And before you know it, after a few years, you have enough material that would have ultimately made up a whole new Christmas album. Yeah. Cause we've had, Christmas Eve, we had the Brett Eldridge uh, cover, we had All I Want for Christmas is You in the last couple of years, and now we're going to get this. So who knows? You know, that's not to say we may not get an album. We have no idea. Um, yeah. I mean, there, again, a lot of rumors have been flying around, but I don't, I personally don't believe any of it until we actually see proof in front of us, even if it comes out of her mouth. Jason said yeah. it himself. We always have plans for stuff, and then things change. So I really don't yep. know. So that's that. But I'm excited. I mean, I'm normally not like the biggest christmas music fan just in general but Mm -hmm. i like when there's some attitude so i'm just very curious (laughs) i'm really just curious how this is going to turn out i have no idea yeah me too i'm i'm very excited for this so christmas isn't canceled just you out on the 23rd all right pam next topic up for discussion is this lulu documentary that is oh now out on Amazon Prime. And it seems weird that we would be talking about this, except for the fact that Kelly's name has gotten drug into this because she is mentioned in the doc. And so since you're the one who has actually already binged this, I want you to explain <laughs> the context that Kelly comes up in this documentary. Sure. I'm going to give everyone I'm I'm fascinated with multi-level marketing. I mean, I don't oh, yeah. I don't participate in it, but I just like to watch it from the outside. Everyone can have their own opinion. I have mine. Whatever. The the views of this podcast only express me. <laughs> um pretty much the premise, there is a new Amazon Prime uh, four-part miniseries that just came out um, the last week or so. It's called Lula Rich, and it's about – there's a legging company called Lula Row. Um, if anyone's familiar with you know the old-school Tupperware parties where you would invite your friends over and sell them Tupperware, it's kind of like that. It's not a pyramid scheme, quote. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Um, so, yeah, I- I'm not going to get too much into the whole premise, but basically – 
it's how do I explain this? It's a docu series that taught that talks about the history of this legging company called Lularoe mm-hmm. and the, the how they started and how they cr- grew crazy five years ago and the rise and fall essentially. And they became they grew so fast they didn't have the bandwidth to really hold the company and make it successful and to keep the quality of their products good um, right. because they were just getting so much more demand that they were that they weren't able to keep up with. So you're wondering why are we talking about leggings? Okay, so a little bit about how um, corporate events work. So a lot of big companies, major huge companies, will um, often have annual, maybe twice a year, every couple years, events for, you know, their employees. Maybe it's a conference, maybe it's just like a one-time event. And a lot of times um, they'll get performers if it's a really wealthy and big company. So you may have seen um, on social media over the last couple of years, especially like before the talk show or sometimes like in between tours, Kelly will sometimes randomly do corporate events so what that means is a company will hire a celebrity, a musician, maybe it's a comedian, maybe it's a band, whatever, to be the uh, entertainment for their company at their conference. So Kelly's done a bunch. She actually just did she did one at Disney a couple weeks ago. It's very common yep. and they pay very well typically. Typically. So mm-hmm. it's very good for an artist because it's not like they have to do a whole tour. They usually they'll get flown in. They get all their a lot of their food covered. Sometimes they'll get hotels covered, and they pay very well. So it's kind of a no brainer for artists to do them. Generally, the artist doesn't have any sort of other involvement with this event. Case in point, I went to a uh, kind of a social media kind of uh, tech conference a few years back in Boston, and Amy Schumer was the headliner. Now, she literally flew in within a couple of hours of hitting the stage. She came in, did a quick meet and greet with fans, and then went on stage, did her 90 minutes, and then she was out of there, got her check, left. And so a lot of times there will be instances where a celebrity or a musician is hired for one of these conferences. And... As far as they're concerned, it's just a gig. It's just another gig, only instead of in an arena or a stadium, they're in like a ballroom at a convention center or they're in, you know, some sort of hotel, you know, meeting space. And they generally don't know a ton about what they're doing other than the fact that they're just doing a corporate event. They may not very well even know the name of the corporate event. They just know it's a corporate event. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great thing to point out. So often these celebrities have zero um, affiliation. You know, it's not like, it's not like Kelly with Wayfair where she's constantly doing stuff. It's just whatever. So a couple years ago, what was it? 2018, I think it was. Was it 2018? I think I could be wrong, but I'm going to say, I'm just going to say 2018. Um, Kelly happened to do a corporate event for LuLaRoe. Okay. She did it. She got her check. She left. That was it. And uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what had happened. And I don't know. I mean, it's not, it's not going to ruin anything, but basically the documentary talks to a lot of former employees as well. And the guy who, um, one of the people who was in charge of booking the entertainment, he basically was saying we had no money to make quality products we spent all of our money that year to make this conference and convention for all of our uh, team and to get kelly clarkson and you know this was at a point where this this specific employee was so burnt out was miserable at his job at that company because the company was doing really badly um And he literally just said, like, I cannot listen to Kelly Clarkson anymore because Kelly Clarkson, when I see Kelly Clarkson, I think of my time at LuLaRoe and how much I hated it. He's pretty much saying that. And he's like, I literally can't listen to Don't You Want to Stay Anymore, even though it's one of my favorite songs of all time. I can't listen to (laughs) Kelly Clarkson at all anymore. And it's like, that's it. Like, she's she's in it for like 20 seconds, if that. It's very quick. But yeah, it kind of went a little viral on Twitter. Yeah, because the fact is, is that this is a, you know, nearly four hour series and this 20 second soundbite of this guy saying that he's essentially boycotting Kelly's name is uh, Daryl Torillo. 
And he like, this is the moment that everyone has latched onto. And they're just like, yes, we stand with Daryl and his boycott of Kelly Clarkson. And I'm just thinking, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> she had no affiliation no. with LuLaRoe. She was being paid to do a convention. She probably doesn't even own any of their crap. I mean, yeah. why is it that, you know, just because somebody gets paid to play an event, that does not make them part of the company, you know? I'm sorry that, you know, she got a bunch of the money that should have gone to the employees. And I fully intend on watching this documentary because it sounds fascinating. Because I'm like you, Pam. I love to watch MLMs burn from the outside. Oh, my God. But you know what? It wasn't even it wasn't even money that had to go to employees. Well, a lot of it was. But it was also a lot of money that, like, a lot of people's leggings were just falling apart. So mm-hmm. they were just doing – but yeah, the one thing I will point out is that in the beginning, they, their first big corporate event, they got Katy Perry. And, yeah. you know, everyone there was so excited about it, even though the founders were like, oh, she's the one who sings that I Kissed a Girl song? No, no, no. We don't want her. Which I'm like, that is a whole <laughs> other conversation of why that is Fifty Shades of effed up. Yeah. Whatever. But my point being is that, like, had Kelly performed at the first one and Katy Perry performed at the second one, if the roles were switched, yeah. everyone would be saying boycott Katy Perry. It was just so exactly. so stupid. But it's a fascinating documentary. So we're not we're not saying to go after anybody who, you know, says anything like this online, but just just know that if you see it, it is so dumb and so not based in any kind of merit. I just I wanted to bring it up because I have seen enough tweets from randos that are like, yes, I stand with Daryl, you know, screw Kelly Clarkson. I'm like, she didn't do anything. She's just trying to make a living and do her job. She, like, leave her she's alone. Probably she like, she's probably thinking, I played that. I have no memory of this because, yeah. like, it's just a random event. It's not Kelly Clarkson's fault that the crotch blew out in your leggings, all right? <laughs> Relax. Oh, man. Yeah, guys, totally watch it. It's so good. All right, uh, let's move on to our next topic before we get to our main topic, and that is season three of The Kelly Clarkson Show officially off and running with the I Love New York week of premiere episodes. Pam, your episode has officially premiered, and so now you can openly speak about everything that happened at the episode. We saw you got some camera time as well. Apparently, so I'm really bad, I'm going to admit, like, as we are doing this, I haven't watched any of New York week because I've just had an insane week at work. Um, but I've seen some clips online and I've had people text me. They're like, we've seen you on TV. Now the fun part is they've, one of my, my, my friend Chelsea was like, Pam, you didn't tell me you saw Connie Britton. I'm like, I didn't because they take audience shots from all the days and just put them wherever they want to. So apparently I was in the Connie Britton episode. I would have loved to see her. I love Connie Britton. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to even, you know, this, the episode was like three weeks ago. So yeah, we had Tracy Morgan, um, on my episode and, he gave Kelly a rap name. Was it like K Swizzy or K Weezy? K Weezy. Yeah. yeah, that was really yeah, funny. K Wizzle or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she did. Uh, um. Ain't no mountain high enough. And then for my half show that I saw, she did Valerie, by Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. So those were really fun. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I'm. I think I mentioned a lot of stuff that in my episode. I don't remember, but. Uh, well, I do know that the the Ain't No Mountain High Enough cover got a lot of love. I mean, the the very first uh, thing that she did uh, the, for the very first episode that got spread around a lot, and then also the uh, the Ain't No Mountain High Enough cover uh, got in, some love the, as well. The last second, literally, the very see, end. You can kind of yeah, you see, see Pam kind of in the shadows wearing her glasses. Yes, I'm blind. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I will also say uh, there was a very nice. Uh, tribute uh, to Nicole. I haven't seen that end. yet. I've heard it's really yeah. nice, though. It's it's beautiful, uh, you know. And this goes back to sort of some conversations that we had, kind of online and, and off the air from the show uh, between Pam and I, and also you know some other people in the community. And that Kelly sort of got a little bit of grief, not publicly among you know the the masses of outside of the fandom, but. Kind of in the fandom a little bit, people kind of noticed that Kelly really didn't say anything publicly after Nicole passed in the beginning of August. We heard from pretty much every band member uh, when she passed, but Kelly was, you know, noticeably silent when it came to uh, her comments if she was going to say anything to recognize Nicole's passing. And on the first episode of the show on Monday of the week, uh, they did something at the very end of the show, and you can tell that Kelly was 
very emotional about it. I mean, she broke down. Uh, she had Nicole's parents in the audience and and made sure to recognize them. And they played a little bit of the song, which was just heartbreaking that Nicole had recorded prior to passing away, which was, I mean, it was essentially her goodbye to the world. And it was just, it was a very, very touching moment in the show. Uh, you know, one of those really real moments in the show where you kind of see Kelly let her guard down a bit. And I thought that it was very nice. It was very appropriate. And I think that that, that was, I would almost say a little uncharacteristic because we have heard stories, nothing that we can confirm, but we have heard stories about people that Kelly has known that have passed away and she doesn't say anything publicly. Uh, specifically, you know, a lot of people said the same thing. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm playing in generalizations when I say a lot of people like these unnamed sources, but there were people online that I saw who called out Kelly when Nikki McKibben passed away. She didn't say anything publicly, but then there were also people saying, you know, we have heard stories of people that she has interacted with that have passed away, that she has reached out privately to the family and to friends of that particular person and have paid their paid her respects to them that way without making a big public spectacle of it. Not to say there's anything wrong with posting on social media and talking about your feelings outwardly where people can see and and honoring somebody that that, that you've lost. But Kelly obviously has chosen for the most part to handle those things in a private manner off camera away from social media. But this was a rare occurrence where we really got to see Kelly let her guard down and, and really show her emotions for how much Nicole really did mean to her and, and to the band as well. And it was, it was a really, really lovely moment on the show. Yeah. And I guess it's also just to say like everyone grieves differently. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also to say, you know, 95 percent of the time she's not on social media if you see something posted by her it's not actually her it's usually her team so um yeah she's not one to really publicly post much regardless so again not that the not that we were owed anything from her but i think it it was Mm -hmm. i mean i haven't seen it yet but it's it's really nice to hear though that um the band was able to come together and honor her in yeah a really great way so i'm Definitely. I mean, I'm not looking forward to watching it because obviously it's really sad, but I'm I'm excited to just see it all because she was such a important part of the band and the fans, you know, mm-hmm. even though she didn't know a lot of us, we all knew her. So, yep. So well done out of uh, Team Clarkson and the and the Kelly yeah. Clarkson show because uh, it was a very lovely tribute and I know that uh, friends and and those who really cared about Nicole appreciated the words uh, that were said and and the the sentiment that was made on the show. All right, that covers all of our other little things. Unless you've got anything else, Pam, I don't know what other news could have happened in between the last couple of weeks. No, I think that's about it. All right, uh, so this episode is going to be. The first of two episodes that we are going to be talking about the one season wonder that was the reality singing competition duets. And, you know, we're we're going to kind of bite into the creamy center of the dessert right away. And we're going to give away uh, our big news that we have for next week because I know that I'm not going to be able to not reference. I wasn't sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I was not going to be able to not reference what we're going to talk about it and who we're talking to next week. Uh, so next week on the podcast, we're very excited because we are going to be joined by Jason Farrell, who was one of Kelly's duet partners on the show duets. And Jason was actually the one that made it all the way to the finale of the show. He ended up finishing third spoiler alert. And uh, he is going to join us on the podcast next week to talk about all things duets Uh, Also, what he has been doing since he was on the show, which is going on nearly 10 years now, Uh, he is uh, apparently still in music. And so we're really looking forward to having a conversation with Jason next week on the show, all about his time singing with Kelly on the show duets. And so you're probably going to hear us uh, talk a little bit about that as the show goes on. Now, we should also, you know, this is a little more behind the scenes than anybody really needs. But in case we happen to slip up as we're 
uh, talking on the show. We have actually already recorded our conversation with Jason. So we have we've already gotten all the nitty gritty of everything that happens. So in case we say something that sort of sounds like we're assuming something, it's because we probably already know yeah. because we've gotten the lowdown from Jason already. But that episode is actually going to air next week uh, yeah. as uh, we, we continue to talk about duets. Sweet. So duets, it was on ABC in the States and um, I don't know, maybe some other countries, I'm not sure, but I know it was probably mm-hmm. a U.S. show and it per- it was a premiere in May 24th, I think, 2012. Yep. Um, and it was nine episodes, I believe. Yep, so nine episodes. The way it was set up was the first uh, few were pr- all pre-taped and as you went on a little bit further they started to get to the live shows. So it was a little, I guess it's similar to The Voice. The Voice does a good amount pre-tape and then they eventually go to the uh, the live shows. So Yeah, I think that's kind of, the, I mean, I think it's the general blueprint for most singing shows with yeah. maybe the exception of like, the, like I mean, I don't even know if The Masked Singer, is that all live or I is that, no I, I don't know how that show works. But I no yeah, I know, like you said, Idol is very similar as well where they, they, front load with a bunch of recorded episodes and then they come at the end of the season with the live episodes and yeah this was a sort of a summer replacement show so it's one of the shows that runs outside of the normal fall to spring season so they weren't thinking that this was going to be some kind of a major television event they thought it would be a nice little show to run during the summer as kind of a buffer between the uh the the fall season and the start of the next season and on the show it originally had four mentors it was R Kelly not R Kelly <laughs> I was like it's our, not R Kelly our Kelly <laughs> it was our Kelly <laughs> Kelly Clarkson that would be a whole different t- TV show yeah John Legend Robin Thicke and Jennifer Nettles and this is the first part where we're going to say something that we learned from Jason that uh, we probably would have learned in our own research for the show. But actually, uh, John Legend, who would later join Kelly on The Voice, he was a last minute addition to the show because originally they were supposed to have future American Idol judge Lionel Richie as one of the mentors. But he had to step away because of scheduling conflicts or whatever. So that's how John Legend originally gets onto this show. And I think this is sort of where... John and Kelly sort of start their friendship, which ultimately ends up with them duetting uh, on her record and then obviously them staying friends as they get together on The Voice. Now, the premise of the show is that each of the superstars crisscrosses the country to find a duet partner and they ultimately actually find two duet partners. And so the first episode, which was a two hour episode, shows each of the mentors going around the country looking for that special person who they're going to duet with. Now, Jason is kind of the I don't want to necessarily call him the main focus, but he seems to get the lion's share of the camera time with Kelly because he goes through a whole process, Pam. Yes. So he basically... He submitted his video. He was in his car. We're going to hear more about his story next week. But he sum- literally submitted his video for duets while it was, he was in his car hiding from his mom and dad. And <laughs> Kelly honestly was on tour, I believe, the winter of 2012 on the first leg of the Stronger Tour. And she was going through a lot of the submissions from people. Um, she would literally be on her tour bus watching video submissions and meeting up with people for um, auditions in person. So Kelly finally narrowed it down to four people that she had in mind and she had to pick two of the four people. So how it works is she first went to San Diego. She was at one of her shows, which was at some arena and she brought out Jason and she brought out another girl who's going to be one of the possible people. Juliana, I think her name was. That's right. Juliana. So um, she, Kelly invites them to the show. They just think that they're going to watch the show and maybe like, you know, talk to her or audition in the dressing room in front of her like they had done in the past. And then while they're at the venue, Kelly's like, surprise, you're going to be performing with me in front of this huge crowd tonight. And they're like, what? <laughs> so um, Kelly and Juliana start first. They uh, perform Georgia on my mind. And then Jason goes out and sings um, Poison and Wine by the Civil Wars with Kelly. They're both really good. Yeah, which is a which is a tough song. Yeah. And I think um I think honestly, 
I would have thought that, and granted, obviously it was Kelly's decision, but if I'm a viewer, I'm thinking, oh, I at least know Georgia on my mind. That's probably going to be, you know, the girl that ends up singing with Kelly because she's singing a relatively known song. Because while the Civil Wars are an incredible group, they were not as mainstream, not as well known as, you know, I don't know, a Ray Charles, uh, (laughs) you know, saw a song that Ray Charles made famous. Yeah. So um, ultimately at the end, Kelly ends up picking Jason um, and, you know, the rest is history. He's on the show now. So, Jeremy, how how do we want to do this? Do we want to go in order of the episode? Because I have notes in the order of the episode. We can keep this live. That's fine. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. So just keep that. I'm going to go back a little bit. We're going to go back like a few minutes in the episode. It actually opens up the whole episode. I actually want to preface. I think it was a fantastic opening to the entire series. Because again, no one really knew what was going on. The The actual opening of the show is the four celebrity judges or mentors uh, performing. I didn't look up who all the songs were by. So if you want to fact check me, go ahead. Um, sure. Because I actually have no idea. Um, it's a song called Let Me Entertain You. I have no idea who it's by. Um, okay. And Kelly actually starts the song. So she opens the whole series. And I thought she did a really good job on this. It's a fun song. Um, it's nothing spectacular, but it does get people amped up. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, I mean, look, with with all due respect to Robin Thicke and, and John Legend and Jennifer Nettles, I mean, Kelly is the strongest vocalist on this stage. And I think it's appropriate that she started the song. Yeah, absolutely. She definitely gives that, give that gives the whole vibe, sets the, the tone for the whole show. Yep. So after that, I mean, and also we're going to preface, we're really going to be only be focusing on the Kelly portions. We're not going to go into everyone else's. Uh, yeah. No, we're going to be here for five hours. If that's the case. So <laughs> then, you know, as I mentioned, Kelly does the San Diego auditions, picks Jason. Then she does a performance with Jason. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. This first week they performed songs by the judges so they performed her and jason performed breaking your own heart which was relevant because stronger was out at the time but like it was a very random track yeah Um, not even a single not on the radio at the time and it was a a bold decision by all parties involved to use that particular song. Now we know that Kelly loves that song. And so, okay, great. Maybe she even thought that this could have been a potential single down the road and she's just getting ahead of it. But yeah, interesting picking of, uh, of the songs for that performance. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was nice. It was, and I thought I liked it just cause it was so random and not that like everyone knew it. Um, yeah. Moving on, we have Kelly's other contestants. Um, we have um, we have Jordan Meredith, who performed. Basically, Kelly took the other auditions to Nashville and mm-hmm. had them perform perform at the Bluebird Cafe, which is much smaller than an, an arena. So, yeah, a little different, so, not as stressful, or maybe more stressful. Yeah, J- I don't know. Jason gets trial by fire, having to stand up in front of an arena. By the way, which he had never done before. And then Jordan gets to sing at the Bluebird Cafe, which is a, I mean, absolutely famous landmark music venue in Nashville, but it's also a cafe. <laughs> you know, it's very small. Yeah. So they perform um, I'm the Only One by Melissa Etheridge. Um, and then there was an, also another girl named Ashley. I can't remember what they sang. Do you remember? I don't. I don't remember, but it's fine because Jared uh, Jordan won. I was I was gonna, I was gonna say yeah. J- Jeremy won. <laughs> Jeremy won. Jordan won. So Jordan got the only um, the the other spot. So ke- yeah. team team Kelly consisted of Jason Farrell and Jordan Meredith. Now Jordan was a huge Kelly fan. I yeah. mean, she she walked into her audition with Kelly in the studio with uh, Jason Halbert, by the way, and you can just see. I mean, and she, I mean, she was being very outwardly about it. I mean, she was a huge fan and was actually, I think, a little overtaken by the moment of just even being in Kelly's presence, let alone having to sing with her. Yeah. So then for their first performance on duets, Kelly and Jordan performed Stronger. Um, I personally didn't think it was the best choice. I mean, I know a lot with a lot of these talent shows, you typically perform well-known songs, but like Stronger had only been out for less, had been out for less than a year at that point. And not that it's not a good vocal song, obviously it is, but it's not a great duetting song. Um, yeah. 
I will say Kelly, I love what Kelly does at the end of the performance. I don't even just whatever key she sings in is a key that she normally doesn't sing in, especially for that song. I I really enjoyed it. But the performance as a whole, I wasn't like super on board with. And it wasn't, again, not it wasn't either of their faults. Just I don't think it was the best song choice. So no, I would agree. Yeah. So ultimately, at the end, um, I believe the way that it worked was Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that it worked initially was like the uh the other celebrity uh, ho- or judges, they voted on other people's contestants and ranked them. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Yes, that's correct. So the end of episode one, the bottom two contestants are Team Kelly. Kelly is yes. pissed off. I don't blame her. Yes. I don't yeah. Blame her. She actually says that she, you can tell that she is kind of having fun with it and she's being fun and like smiling, but she says that it's very suspicious that her two contestants are the one in the bottom two. And we're going to go more into this particular incident and this story in next week's episode with Jason because Jason has some more inside information about Kelly's uh, suspicions of, you know, maybe some uh, behind-the-scenes tomfoolery when it comes to the voting uh, from the other panelists. So uh, we'll save that story for next week. But suffice to say, yes, Kelly's in the bottom two with her two contestants. But that's it. They didn't leave that week. So it was all good. Yeah, there was no yeah, there was no elimination that week. Yeah. So that was really that's episode one. Um, Yep. Should we move on to episode two? Let's do it. My favorite, even though like Robin Thicke's a little controversial, this was pre blurred lines. I Mm -hmm. adore this duet. Kelly and Robin Thicke open the show with a performance of State of Shock. Yes, and this is uh, a Jackson's song, so it was uh, very cool to see them uh, both do this. And I, I dig Robin Thicke's range. I love his falsetto. I think he's got a really great tone to himself, and plus you add him to Kelly. Pretty cool performance. I adore this. This is like one of the few things from duets I continuously watch over the last decade. That was so good. Um, yeah. Then Kelly does a duet with Jordan that night called Misery. Um, I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Yeah, and this is this is the cover of the Pink song. That's right. It's Pink. See, yeah, again, I didn't from, write these titles down. Yeah, from her uh, Misunderstood album. Yeah, really good. I thought, I mean, obviously Kelly and Pink have like very like similar styles. So I feel like Kelly covers a pink song and vice versa. It's going to be good. And Jordan actually did really well with this. I think Jordan definitely had more of like a little bit of like a rocker vibe to her. And I thought mm-hmm. it was a great song choice. And then uh, her and then Kelly and Jason get together and they sing a Mariah Carey song whenever you call, which I thought was, again, an interesting choice. Now, again, Jason has a different kind of a range when it comes to male singers. I mean, he can really hit some high notes. So maybe it was Kelly giving him a bit of a challenge by giving him a Mariah Carey song, but that's one hell of a challenge to give a guy to duet a Mariah Carey song. Yeah, and I will say, and this is something that you'll see continuously throughout the series, is that uh, Jordan and Jason were probably the youngest on the show, and they had the least amount Mm -hmm. of experience. So Kelly really took a chance on them because she was once that person. Um, Yeah. But you see that because every week they're always saying – I'm really nervous. Like, after, you know, the host is um, Caduce, who is on TRL for a while. And yeah. a- after each performance, he would ask, you know, Jordan and Jason, hey, how do you think you did? And they would always be like, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous, which is like, you don't usually <laughs> say that on TV every time. Um, so you can tell they were really nervous. So unfortunately, I think, you know, Kelly says it throughout the whole series. You do see their nerves sometimes. Not necessarily a bad thing, but you you know, I guess as the series progressed, they got more comfortable in their in their shoes. But Jason did give us right. a little bit of insight on when when that turning point was for him. Um, we'll get to that next week. I know we're gonna see yeah. get to that next week a lot, but you'll have to tune in yeah. next week. Now, in the uh, second episode, Jason is once again in the bottom two. Uh, he is in the bottom two with one of, I believe it was Robin Thicke's contestants and. There was some controversy because neither one of the bottom two were eliminated in this second episode either because there was another random contestant who dropped out of the show, just left the show. They never really explained why. So 
the bottom two were essentially saved from being eliminated from this show. So that could very well have been what ultimately saved Jason potentially, because we obviously don't know how the voting would have gone. Uh, and then that gets us, uh, Jason, into episode number three. All right. Episode number three, um, Kelly and I guess, yeah, Kelly and Jordan did a cover. W- one of my favorite, I love Miranda Lambert. She's my number two favorite female singer behind Kelly. And they did a cover of Mama's Broken Heart. Um, I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was my favorite performance that the two of them did, but... Ultimately, it's still sad a killer. Yeah. And then Jason and Kelly got together for the Leonard Cohen masterpiece, Hallelujah, which is a tough song to sing. Uh, I thought the performance was good that they have. And by the way, we keep talking about seeing these performances. And, and you know, obviously, this is a very old show. But pretty much everything that you would want to see from Kelly's portion of duets is all online on YouTube. You can find it. You just got to search for the right stuff, but there's, it's all out there's there. Literally, so you can see there's these. literally like a three and a half hour video out there, which I may or may not have watched last night that <laughs> has, it's literally like talking like Kelly Clarkson duets TV show and has every single moment of her on that show. Yeah. So, it's only Kelly's parts, yeah. which is great if that's all you want, which is what we want. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Uh, uh, what I thought was cool about, the hallelujah performance was when they were in rehearsals for it. Um, they actually brought Jason's dad to uh, come and check it out, which was really nice yeah. because Jason does mention that a big reason why he's into music is because his dad was and really inspired him growing up. So the fact that you also saw that Jason's dad supported him and was on board with him being on the uh, TV show was really nice. And then they went into the, into the performance. Right. And then for the third show in a row, Jason ends up in the bottom two again. Uh, meanwhile, Jordan is actually thriving. And after her first episode appearance in the bottom two, she kept rising up in the rankings. I think she finished fifth in the second episode. And with her Miranda Lambert cover here, she actually placed third in this particular episode. So she's on an upward trajectory. Meanwhile, our boy Jason Farrell just trying to get out of the bottom two and survive. And you can imagine what was going through his mind after three straight episodes in the bottom two. And I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say about his thoughts of constantly being in the bottom two on this show and how he felt his weeks were going to be coming ahead of time. So uh, we're excited for you to hear that. But nonetheless, uh, the other uh, or another one of Robin Thicke's uh, contestants gets let go. It's Alexis. Uh, it was always Alexis. It's, it's always Alexis. Alexa. Oh, right, 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 right. But yeah. And uh, so, he, so yeah, so Jason survives uh, to the next episode. Yeah. So he had done an, a, an acapella version of me and Mrs. Jones. Yeah. Because by this point, now they're having a sing-off between the bottom two. Yeah. So that, and they do it like acapella. So he did that and that ultimately saved him because it was really good. It's really good. Yeah. So yes. Right. Episode four. Um, Jason does a duet with Kelly. They do Rolling Stones Satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, her vocals are amazing. I just have to point. That. I I just wrote that her vocals are amazing. When are they not? Um, it was just such a fun performance from both of them. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of their strongest ones that they did throughout the series. Yeah, and uh, also in the episode, uh, Jordan does a cover of "I Love Rock and Roll," which was not originally by Joan Jett, was but best known by Joan Jett. I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, yeah, hers version is actually a cover. Ah, I didn't know that. And yeah. So, yeah. So every time you hear somebody cover I Love Rock and Roll, they're just covering the version of the cover. Can I just tell you my comments next to this performance? Sure. All I wrote was, God damn, Kelly. (laughs) I thought it was that good um, because she does that kind of thing. And I was just really, it was really good. But our good news is, is that Jason finally in episode four gets out of the bottom two. So props to him he uh he finishes fifth in this episode which is enough to keep him for the first time out of the bottom two uh and that gets him uh on to episode five episode five so episode five um we start with jordan and kelly doing a duet i think it's movie week um they yeah. do a cover of take my breath away that was from top gun 
Um, yep, by Berlin. Berlin. They have Jordan's parents actually come out for the rehearsal, and they were like, "Oh my god, she was she uh, Jordan's such a big Kelly fan." I thought this was so funny. Her dad was like, "Yeah, we always listen to that Kelly song called uh, Since You've Been Away.'" <laughs> and then Jordan's <laughs> mom is like, "You mean since you've been gone?" He's like, "Oh yeah, um, so pure." Yeah, I thought it, I I thought it was this was the first time Jordan really did like a a, a ballad, and. I think she did really well. I really do. Um, the judges weren't as on on board with it as much, but I thought she, Jordan did a very good job. Yeah, and is now remind me had at this point had Jordan's hair changed color? Well, when did, when did we get to the first live episode? Was that this one? It could have been. been. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been. Yeah. No, you know what. It wasn't. Uh, the next episode was the first live one. This was the last recorded episode. Oh, uh, okay. I just saw that in my notes. Got it. All right. So, and then uh, Jason Farrell does uh, a cover of Come What May, which is uh, a song that was featured in Moulin Rouge, uh, the Baz Luhrmann film. It was actually, fun fact, I learned this, it was actually supposed to be in Baz Luhrmann's version of Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio really? and Claire Danes. Uh-huh. But it apparently didn't work for the movie, so they shelved it. They held on to it. And so it was in uh, the Moulin Rouge film. And you'll hear Jason talk about his feelings about this particular song uh, next week. But those feelings were valid because, once again, both of Kelly's contestants, Jordan and Jason, are in the bottom two. Now, this time, somebody has to go home. And so they then go to the sing-off. So Jordan in the sing-off sings, and I'm telling you, I'm not going uh, from dream girls, which I mean, that's a big it's song. A bold to one do. to I mean, do. It was bold. Maybe choice. not the best decision, but at the same time, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they, they just have to have a song ready to go with mm-hmm. like barely any practice, but ultimately, un- yeah. unfortunately, Jordan, was the one who was eliminated. What did uh, what did Jason do? Jason did uh, was that Runaway by Bruno Mars or was that later? No, that was later. He did a Jesse J song, Mama Knows Best. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, Jordan all Jordan went. Yeah, Jason was spared in that episode. Yeah, which I it, that was hard because I genuinely think both of their performances that night were actually really good. And I'm not always going to say that, but I yeah. really thought they were both great. I don't think they deserve to go home, but I guess someone has to. All right, so we get now to episode number six. This is the first live episode of the series, and there's a lot of fun to start off the show. First and foremost, there is a special performance by all of the mentors. They do a cover of George Michael's Freedom 90, which was awesome, but that was not the other thing that people were looking at, Pam. Kelly was back to blonde. She had been brunette yes. for a while. And, uh, you know, there was a couple weeks in between the pre-tapes and the live shows. And Kelly went to blonde. So, yes. and she's basically been blonde ever since, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah. yeah, that was fun. I liked the Freedom 90. I thought it was so much fun. And it's a song that I completely forgot they had covered. When I was mm-hmm. doing my research last night, I was like, whoa, where did this come from? You know, I probably watched it when it aired and that was it. So in the episode, now we're down to a total of five contestants. Only Jennifer Nettles has two singers left in the competition. Everybody else, including Kelly, has just one singer. And Jason comes out and does a cover of the Duffy song, Mercy, which, by the way, I forgot how much I love that song. That song will never get old. So good. And when I think of duets, before I was even thinking about a duets episode, this is the performance from Jason that always comes to mind. It was so fun. Mm. It was such a great song choice. So I'm really glad he picked it. Oh, wait, wait. I have one comment. I have one comment. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yes, Pam, you have a comment. From my research, people may know this, but (laughs) anyone who I spoke to in the last few days who I told this to, they were like, what? Jesse Collins from the Kelly Clarkson band was doing backups in this performance. Go watch the clip. My mind was blown when I saw her in the background. I was like, holy shit, that's Jesse. Yeah, you actually texted me when you figured this out. And so I went and did a little bit of a deep dive. And yes, Jesse was, in fact, part of what is called the music department uh, on the show Duets. But essentially what it was is that she was one of the background singers for the show. So I don't know if this is where 
Kelly and Jesse meet for the first time and they kind of decide to become buds because, I mean, Jesse is, I mean, more or less for the better part of since this show was on the air, uh, Jesse has been a part of Kelly's inner circle. So maybe this is the moment that, you know, she starts off as just the music department on duets to rising to become the vocal director of the Kelly Clarkson show. Yeah, I just got really excited. Also, when they're in (laughs) rehearsals, there is a clip of Kelly talking and it is Jeremy and I were talking about this recently that it's so funny that duets, you don't hear much about it, but it is one of the most meme or gif friendly things. Like if you search Kelly Clarkson in your little gif thing, you see so many clips from duets, including this episode specifically that a lot of people can't figure out what these, like what this, these pictures are from with Kelly with like brunette hair, but she's in like a chair and she's obviously watching something, but we can't really tell what it is. Yeah. Those are the ones that are from duets because she was also very gifable back then. Like she is now on the voice. Exactly. So I thought that was fun. So yes, if you've never seen duets, watch, you know, research the, uh, the, uh, performance and the rehearsal for mercy with Jason Farrell, you're going to recognize a lot of shots. Yeah. All right. So Jason, for the second time, stays out of the bottom two and makes his way to uh, episode seven. Uh, This is another one that has a performance with all of the judges at the beginning. I think they pretty much do performances with all the judges on all the live episodes. This time around, uh, they covered one of my favorite songs. It's been covered by a ton of people, but... There are a couple of really, really well-known versions. The Ray Charles version is probably the best-known version, and it's a song called You Don't Know Me, and I absolutely love this song. And so um, that was Kelly and John, by the way. Kelly and John do uh, You Don't Know Me, and then Jennifer and Robin, I think they did a Queen song, so that doesn't matter. But suffice it to say, Jason Farrell is on board, episode seven. He is in the top four. And this time around, he does what will sort of spoil a little bit of next week's episode. He does what ultimately ends up being his favorite song from the whole competition. It is feeling good. It was and he has every right to think it was his best performance because I I agree. I think it was the best one that they could have done. Another fun fact, not really fun, but another fact was um, this this for about two or three up for the basically the rest of the series Kelly performs with like a broken ankle or a broken foot or something. So um, you're going to see her on a piano throughout the next few episodes or seeing her get carried or seeing her wear wearing flats. So she had like a broken foot or something. So, yeah, because that and that did that happen on the tour or did that happen randomly elsewhere? It was it was at a show. Yeah. Was that the one where she stepped on glass? No, that was was something else during the breakaway era, I think. Oh, that's right. This I think she fell like on stage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get my Kelly injuries mixed up. (laughs) All right. So uh, Jason performs feeling good. And for the second episode in a row, Jason avoids the bottom two. And especially considering it's a great feat when there's just four contestants left. So Jason then makes it to the final three, I suppose, if we're calling them that. Uh, There was kind of two. There's like a two week uh, period where. Jason was competing against the other two final contestants. They didn't really eliminate anyone in episode number eight. They all three make it to the finale uh, in episode nine. But in episode eight, uh, Kelly and the rest of the judges or whatever you want to call it, they all perform uh, the Smokey Robinson tune, Get Ready, uh, because this was all I think this was what I wrote down was Superstar's Choice. So it's whomever the mentor wanted their contestant to sing. And Jason comes out and reprises a song that he did earlier in the competition. Which was Me, Mrs. Jones. And mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought it was interesting, and I'm not sure if that was like pre-planned or not, that he would have done the same song twice. Granted, they were completely different. One was acapella, just him. And then the other one was him and Kelly with like a full band. But I thought that was strange for them to do the same song twice. Yeah. Now, this is where the, they sing a second song. Both, all the contestants sing two songs. And this is where what you said earlier, this is where we get the Bruno Mars song. Yeah. So this is also the first time that um, the contestants, there are only three at this point, and 
they have to sing their own songs with the full band. So it was a little thing. It was, you know, pretty much a way for them to branch out for three minutes being like, hey, I can sing on my own. I don't have to have my celebrity mentor as a you know my little like safety guard or whatever um yeah so he did um runaway by bruno mars that was fun yep. it was good i really liked it yeah so again everybody makes it to the finale episode which is the following week uh, at the beginning of that episode kelly and jennifer nettles come out and they do i mean directly in Kelly's wheelhouse, they perform a Eurythmics song. Of course, Annie Lennox, uh, the lead singer of the Eurythmics, they do What I Lie to You. And anytime Kelly does Annie Lennox, she absolutely nails it. Yes, that was with Jennifer Nettles, I believe, right? Yep. Just Jennifer Nettles. That was fun. Um, I like Sugarland a lot, and you don't really hear about them much anymore, but I'm glad that duet happened. So, yeah. I like that. And then the final performance that Kelly does with Jason is heartbreak hotel by elvis very which is the most the random. biggest head scratcher yeah. Yeah, but it was the good biggest but it was, head scratcher it was good, but yeah it was so random i just i mean i would do that song earlier in the competition where you know you could maybe take a little less of a risk this was just a i felt like this was the worst song to do for the final episode if you're really trying to make a big impression this wasn't it no i don't know Again, it wasn't bad. And it's nothing against Jason. Yeah, Yeah, it's nothing against Jason, but I just think it was the wrong song for Kelly to pick for him. It was, I think, um, I think, again, spoiler, I think Jason also said he, like, was one of the few songs on the approved list that he knew already. He already knew the song. So, I don't know. Again, I don't, it probably shouldn't have been greenlit, but it wasn't bad, but probably not the best choice for the finale. Yeah. So. Now. I don't know if if that song choice necessarily cost Jason the win in the show because uh, Jennifer Nettles' contestant, Jay Rome, who is the ultimate winner of the show, he was in like he was in first place nearly the entire, if not the entire season. And so it was just sort of a, you know, who's going to finish second to Jay Rome? By the way, uh, Kelly and Jennifer Nettles were the only ones who had contestants in the finale. Robin and John's contestants had all been voted off, so they didn't make the finale. So Jennifer had two contestants in the finale and Kelly had just one. So unfortunately, Kelly can't claim a first season walk off win for her reality show competition. But the fact that she got Jason all the way to the finale and Jason got himself to the finale as well was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was fun. You know, at the time, Idol was still on the air, but like Kelly, you know, wasn't a part of it. And the voice was something very much in the distance in Kelly's future. So this was kind of a nice little teaser in between. In 2012, Kelly Clarkson was not the Kelly Clarkson that she was in 2005 or 2021. Um, right. So not, you know, those were, those two years have been very, you know, she's been in the public eye like a, like a ton. 2012, she wasn't not famous, but she wasn't nearly as um, talked about as she is now. So it was nice, for, at least for the fans as well, to just get something new and something fresh that we were not expecting. I thought it was fun and I'm, I'm really glad she, she did it. It was, it gave us a lot of cool performances and duets and covers that we had never had before. Yeah, for sure. Now the show itself was not a really big hit. Um, it, you know, kind of languished a bit in the ratings It actually continued to kind of go downward each week. And so the writing was kind of on the wall that there was not going to be a second season of duets, which I mean, okay, fine. I, I I think I would have been okay with it. I wonder, you know, if they would have kept up the same uh, the same judges or the same mentors or if they would maybe switched it up year after year. Um, the winner, Jay Rome, got a record contract, I believe, through Hollywood Records. And I don't think anything ever really came of his album. I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong. He's got a Twitter account that still says on there that he is ABC Duet Season 1 winner. I'm on his Spotify right now, and he had a his first song came out in 2018. Um, yeah, and he, he did work with Jay-Z and Beyonce, whoa. which, I mean, great. That sounds like, first of all, 
I would definitely put that ahead of winning season one of duets. Now, next week, again, like we've been saying, we're going to be talking with Jason Farrell and we're going to get all the inside scoop on everything that happened behind the scenes at duets. Plus, we want to talk with him about what he has done since duets. Uh, one of the things that I uh, kind of joke with him about is that he is sort of the unofficial national anthem singer of the city of Los Angeles. Yes. He performs a lot. <laughs> He's definitely doing a lot of that. Yeah. So let us know um, if you have seen duets or if you haven't. And if you have it, go on YouTube. You can watch pretty much the whole thing. Let us know what yeah. your favorite performances were from Team Kelly. We'd love to hear that. And, uh, you know, as always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Miss Into Podcast. You can email us, missintopodcast at gmail.com. And you can rate and review us on Apple. That would really help us out, y'all. Speaking of which, uh, I want to go in and read again, as always, some of our awesome uh, reviews that we've received. This one is from MKH. It says, finally, yes, finally, a podcast all about KC, a must listen for any Kelly Clarkson fan. Uh, this one's from Lover You Should Have Come Over. Oh. Dang. Uh, this one says, at last, as all of you in the world keep falling more and more in love with the humble AF ultra mega vocalist songwriter, best intentioned human being, KC, this podcast is must. I love that. I like that, that one. Fun. And uh, one more here from Lotus Flower 24. Awesome podcast. You two are great. This podcast is my escape for times like these. Well, Aww, thank you very much. Thank you. For the kind words. We appreciate that. And uh, as Pam said, please keep those uh, reviews and uh, the love coming over on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, uh, we will talk to you guys next week with special guest Jason Farrell to talk all about his time on duets. We will see you next week. Bye. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. 